Brother-in-law, Captain. Brother, not brother-in-law, Captain Boring. This is the Fourth and One Podcast, brought to you by you guys, the listeners, Anchor.fm slash Fourth and One to support us. Micaiah, how's it going? It's going well. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We're just all sorts of pluggy this as well. So we had an interesting week. Uh, in the sports world, we'll get you caught up on everything that's going on. Um, interesting week in the uh, Star Wars world for any of you who like that. Uh, we'll probably not get you caught up on what's going on there. But uh, Makai, let's jump. Why? Why? You not what, what happened? Have you not been watching the Book of Boba Fett? Watch what? Now I fell behind because I started watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Which one's that one? And I kind of. Reacher, it's Jack Reacher, the movie Tom Cruise did two oh, that's movies right. Jack, called Jack Reacher, but this is more closely related to the books. Yeah, and it stars Alan, uh, Alan Hutchinson. Alan, Alan. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it, it's very good. I recommend it to anyone. But uh, no, Richard, I Richardson forgot that or Hutchinson? I had episodes. Uh, Hutchson or Rich Hitch Hitch. I'll look. I'll know. look at him. I'll look it up. Okay, but but no, I have not. So apparently things exciting are happening in that world? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say. Okay. Well, I cannot wait. I saw that today they announced uh, it is Alan Rich Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sin, for lack of a better term. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, they announced Kenobi is coming out in uh, Yeah, they've been May, go- they've been I'm doing... excited about that. Uh, Disney has been kind of doing Star Wars Marvel, Star Wars Marvel, kind of matching them since... They started this whole thing with the Mandalorian and WandaVision. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this was at the seventh... Seventh? Really? Sixth? I think sixth episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, and there's nothing... I was just looking before we came up. There's nothing after this. So that should be interesting. Also, sorry about my lighting. My wife stole my lamp that was that was in the office. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to... I love I'm just lamp. Gonna, Oh, that's that's a little bit better. I look super orange. Uh, we'll get a we'll get a real setup going on here then. Um, this week is the unofficial holiday in the United States called the Super Bowl. Um, I texted Micaiah to see what he was doing, and he said, "There it is." Quote: "I will be going to bed at halftime." So, suffice <laughs> it to say, listen, I work at. He is not excited about. I have. I have to get up at five. I am super excited about it. Joe and the Cincinnati Burroughs taking on Matthew Stafford. For for once in my life, I am prioritizing my personal life over football. And I'm going to be able to watch the highlights the next day. I didn't stay up for the AFC Championship game or the NFC Championship game either. So... Let's not all freak out. Yes, I'm bummed about it, but you know, I'm 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 taking care of Micaiah, okay? You gotta take care of you. And I'm not gonna be tired well, Monday morning. That's what I'm we just call not. lame. Um but I think we can move on. Oh okay. well, well and Simeon said 
lame, and he says, and I quote, lame, but understandable. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so uh, we have two teams that neither of us, ex- well, one team that we didn't expect to make it this far, but alas, they did make it this far. We have uh, Cincinnati, not the Cincinnati, sorry. We have, no, the Cincinnati, sorry. Cincinnati Bengals taking on the L.A. Rams in the brand new second year, third year, SoFi Stadium, L.A. Everything okay? Are we at breaking news? Are we good? He's reading, ladies and gentlemen. He's reading, so I will continue on. Now, I, I... I'm sorry. I I thought we had breaking NBA hardcore breaking NBA news. Okay, we, we do not. You're totally okay. fine. Sorry, go ahead. I I I, I thought we did. I because I because we're going to talk about NBA mm-hmm. the NBA trade mm-hmm. deadline coming up uh, tomorrow, and we're going to talk about that later on. And so I thought there was some big time breaking. No, news. you're but totally fine. I'm sorry. Uh, we're in SoFi Stadium, so West Coast game. We're in the Rams home stadium um, of. Yep. Uh, of SoFi, and there we go, and we are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, which is a team that no one thought was going to get here. They were a seventy to two, I believe, or seventy and one odds um, to make yeah. it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think I said this last week. That's the same as um, that was the same as like the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, teams of that nature. Not to, uh, Houston Texans, teams that we were not expecting. To make it here. So this is second year or third Absolutely. year coach Zach Taylor? Yeah. Uh, this is Zach Taylor's third, uh, year. third year. This I is think. second year um, for Joe Burrow, first year for um, Jamar Chase. So this is a inexperienced, I think is probably the best way to say this, of uh, Cincinnati. Bengals team going up against uh, like fifth or sixth year coach Sean McVay, veteran quarterback, veteran wide receivers, um, veteran defensive line play uh, for the Rams. How do you think, what's your take, and how do you think this is going to shake out if I can pull you away from the NBA tread by line? No, I was looking up to make sure that my three-year head coaching he was a he was the Bengals coach for three cool. years since nineteen. So this is his third year coaching. Um, yeah. So this game really comes down to two position, two uh, position units, one for each team. Okay. You kind of gave the run up. No one expects Cincinnati to be here. It's Burrow. He's got that Joe Burrow swag. He's got ice in his veins. And then it's Matthew Stafford, surrounded by all these other high-profile, talented players who are paid a lot of money. Rams don't have any draft picks because they basically sold their soul now to try to win a Super Bowl with all these players. People don't realize how good Matthew Stafford has been because he's been hidden in Detroit. We covered that last week. But here are the two positions. And again, you're going to have to take my word for this. And Simeon, you're going to have to update me next week whether I I was right or wrong on this. But here's what it's going to come down to. Which position unit plays better? The Bengals offensive line or the Rams mm, secondary? Interesting. Done. Done. Because you have, on one side, 
Joe Burrow was yep. sacked nine times yep. against the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round. They still obviously won the game. Joe Burrow has been the most sacked and the most hit quarterback through his first two seasons than any other quarterback. The, uh, the Cincinnati offensive line has been, what's a good word for it, garbage, dumpster fire. It has been this banana peel that I still have not taken down oh a few weeks ago, which is garbage. Um, going up against Von Miller... And because it's garbage. And Aaron Donald. Well done. Well done. Von Miller and Aaron Donald and that... I'm in danger. Nasty defensive front. And then if you... Come, come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. If you flip it to the other side, the Rams hmm. secondary has to not only deal with Jamar Chase, but let's... Listen, man. I'm trying. Let's not forget who led them in receiving last week against Kansas City, and who was their second leading receiver at 6-5? That would be T. Higgins. Wait for it. <laughs> ah, I messed it up. I messed it up. <laughs> Wait for it. No, just joking. A white man! <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. T. Higgins. Um, and T. Higgins. And then let's also not forget the statistically one of the best fantasy point getters up until this season in Tyler Boyd. So the Ram or the Bengals have three legitimate offensive weapons at receiver. Two of them, one all pro, one is extremely underrated because the one's all pro and then one's an excellent slot receiver. So Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback for the Rams, is going to cover Jamar Chase. He's going to follow him all around the field. So really it comes down to T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd uh, for the Bengals, although I do think Chase is going to get some. But those are the two. So you're going to have to tell me next week whether I was right. And if whoever wins this game, what position what was I right? Did that position outperform the did the Rams secondary outperform the offensive line, or did the offensive line outperform the secondary? And those are the only two positions you need to watch. But this is a big game. Let's talk about legacy for a second. This is a big game for Matt Stafford, 100%. Right? Sorry, I'm taking off the glasses for I, the glare. I mean, I mean, he was taken number one overall. He's been yep. in the league 13 years. Just turned 34 happy today. Ha- happy birthday for to him. No That one is loud, sorry. He, he, that one is very loud. He need. this is the best team he's ever had. This is his opportunity, and he just needs <laughs> not to screw it up, I feel. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying that if he goes in, and even if they lose, but he throws for 340 yards, two touchdowns, and as long as he doesn't have any turnovers, people will be like, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow was just, awesome and that and that Rams secondary just got eaten alive right people won't be pointing the finger at Matthew Stafford but if Matthew Stafford throws for 270 yards two interceptions and a fumble but two touchdowns people are going to be blaming Matthew Stafford like Matthew Stafford has to play well for his legacy he was a number one overall pick only second time in Super Bowl uh, history that two number one picks oh. have played against each other the other being Peyton Manning and Cam Newton oh. in Super Bowl 50. So, you... 
like this is Matthew Stafford's time to shine. Joe Burrow, I have a feeling this won't be his this won't be his last Super Bowl. I just with that receiving group, that offensive line's only going to get better, and he's just he's a baller. Joe Burrow. I, think, is a I feel baller. like you're right. I think the whole thing around besides going all in and kind of retooling for this year, the uh, the Rams. Um, it really has felt like kind of Matthew Stafford's games to lose, for lack of a better term, um, which I feel like could be attributed to just kind of like new team, got to get used to everything, but also at the same time, eh, you guys made it here. Um, it kind of feels like the Dodgers, you know, we made that comparison before. It kind of feels like the Dodgers, you've been here, you've made it here. Okay, let's see, let's see what happens. And the Bengals have... Even with the no line, the Bengals have their O line troubles. The Bengals have put up fights consistently all year. They've been consistent. Let's see if they can keep it going. They 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 muck up games that they're not necessarily supposed to win. And what they've really done well in these playoffs is turn is their defense yeah. is getting turnovers. Or stops. Like I mean they, they turned over Derek. They they turned over Derek Carr, they turned over Tannehill a bunch, and they turned over Mahomes. So it's, it's can Matthew Stafford yeah. hang on to that football, which it goes back to his legacy, but uh, specifically, he, can that secondary cause some problems for Matthew Stafford? Because let's not be wrong, mm-hmm. that Rams offense basically in this postseason basically has been mm-hmm. stopped by themselves. And their and their turnovers because they uh, they've just been ripping and gri- gripping and ripping ripping and gripping uh, whatever the saying is they've been doing it this entire uh, playoff stretch if they can keep the ball on their side and the ball in their hands it's over McVay and Stafford they, that, they just got a kind of made right me a little, I'm not gonna lie that kind of made me a little uncomfortable a little uncomfy. Grip, yeah, the uh, gripping speaking, and ripping. I kind of think we're going to switch switch it up here. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I was going with this. The NFL coaching carousel has continued to spin. You don't oh, want a prediction. Duh. This is why we keep Makaya around. <laughs> uh, Makaya prediction. Let's go. Winner. Spread and points. Final score. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, by giving the final score, uh, you would have the spread. So I'm just saying, like... All right. Well, let's well, see what, I, the, I yeah, really what, the, what the, the favorite the, is right now. Yeah. I do have, for our new... Um, sure. What are you betting later? I have a tasty okay. parlay for people. Super Bowl, a tasty Super Bowl okay. parlay. Okay. And I know Carlos is very excited about this. Carlos was asking... He texted me yesterday. He was like... Uh, what are you betting on for the Super Bowl? Because I I got some I I uh, I need some help. And I said, listen, I'm on a losing streak, but I got a little tasty parlay for you. So everyone, uh, stick Shout around here to, to the end of the episode. Um, spreads four. It's going to be starting the Gray Podcast. The Gray Podcast starting. He's starting February his own 18th. podcast. He is starting. He's a little bit jealous. I'm not going to lie. I think he's a little bit jealous of our success that we're having with this podcast. So he's starting his own, except his doesn't have anything to do with What is this having to do with? Just bullshitting? Uh, Bullshitting life. It's a a broad range of things. Okay. 
And I and I wouldn't be surprised if it morphs into something else. But you know, so go go check out Carlos and the Gray Podcast starting. Wow, you're February being 18th. nice. Uh, also support us at Anchor.fm slash Fourth and One. Yes. Well, also before before you head over to his Carlos's podcast, go to Anchor.fm slash Fourth and One and support us a little maybe, bit. Maybe a little, little bit. Okay. So yeah. so you spread's currently winner, four. Spread and what? Over okay. under is four. So and I like. Half, by the way. Okay. All right. So I like the Rams because of. I think the Bengals' offensive line is worse than the Rams' secondary. And I think just Aaron Donald was in this position once before, and now he has Mm. Von Miller on the other side. And so I just think that they're going to wreak havoc. That uh, front seven for Los Angeles is just going to wreak havoc with Joe Burrow. And they have Jalen Ramsey. So I think they'll hold up just well enough. The spread is four, you said, in favor of the Rams, I would assume. I would take the uh, plus four for the Bengals. I think this is a very close game. And then the over-under is 48.5. I am going to take... I'm going... I'm going to take the under. I think this is a 17-20 type of game. I think Matthew Stafford does turn the ball over, but I think that the Bengals' lack of offensive line play uh, bites them too much in the butt. And I think Jalen Ramsey does a good enough job on Jamar Chase that it it doesn't happen for. uh, They're not able to move the ball as effectively. So I think that this is a 24-21 game or a 17-20 game. Well, very nice. Sorry, I'm working on my... Bet of the week. Um, you know, I'm not going to make a prediction, but I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to let you make the prediction okay. this week, but I'm going to be a fan and say right. that it's well, going to uh, be the Bengals by three. Um, okay. And if All I right. could make that bet, Excellent. I probably would for like five cents. Just I'm not going to make a prediction, so why just don't I just make a prediction? Well, I'm, Bengals I'm, by I'm, three. I'm, I'm, that's a fan prediction. It's not a real prediction. This is your expert prediction. This is my fan prediction. And this is oh, us okay. predicting all right, all right. that we're going to move on to the coaching carousel and what's going around next. <laughs> nice. See, this is why you're host now, man, because you just let it roll right off one thing into um, another. Let's I'm trying go. to figure out what's going on. The Saints made a terrible move this week by escalating their defensive coordinator to their head yeah. coach. I do know that one off the top of First of all, is escalating you know, the right word you were looking for there? I, I think am you're looking, looking for, for elevating, elevating. But both means to move to a higher position. So you are both yeah, things so, go up and down. No, just so up. you are correct. Um, <laughs> it's not elevating it. All well, right. elevator, Guess what elevators we're about go to do, up and guys. down. We're about to Google some words. Okay, we're gonna do. <laughs> it's English time with Simi and well, I, 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 Get ready to I, I English the, in I the face. I guess the word elevate. Yes, uh, is only up and escalate. Is only up. So, yes, but an escalator goes up and down. Adjective. To increase rapidly. Okay, that's escalate. Okay, so I was talking talking about the two machines as I'm spitting all over my laptop right now. Word. 
and it helps if I spell it. Elevate, verb, raise or lift something to a higher position. Yes, I already gave you the win. Move on. (laughs) Move on to the Saints. Anyway, he was their DC last year, uh, and I'm not even sure how long because that's how underprepared I am for the day. He is now their new head coach, which means they have to find a new DC in the talent pool that's been... And offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's been lacking. and Because Sean Payton was their offensive that. coordinator. Um, the issue that we're now having is all of a sudden, the enemy and Brian Flores still haven't been hired. And that is kind of odd to me because both of these men are really, clearly very good coaches. So... Wham. Well, I mean, I don't think there are any jobs. Are they? I think they're all taken. Well, this is what I'm talking. So you have Saints. Who'd the Texans take? So the Texans. uh, Okay. All right. Do you you want me to comment on the Saints? Saints, I will figure out what's going on with everybody else. Okay. Because I can answer both questions. Okay. The Saints. The Saints have a bigger problem than who than Dennis Allen becoming their hiring. Internal hiring must means that the players. The star players on roster right now really like and went to bat for Dennis Allen. That's what that tells me. They have a great GM and a great owner. So I think they'll de- give Dennis Allen time. Saints have a bigger problem. That bigger problem is they have no quarterback. Yes, they have Jameis Winston, but I think he was on a two-year or one-year deal, so he might be out the door. Plus, he had ACL surgery, and that quarterback room is a hot mess. So they got to draft a quarterback. And then that rolls me into the second point about that, where defensive coordinators should not be head coaches in the NFL because of said reason, which is right now they're projected to take Matt Corral. Now, Matt Corral, you better knock it out of the park with this offensive Ugh. coordinator and quarterback coach. Sorry, continue. And you yeah, found out who the Texans hired, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, so, uh, so, so, again, defensive coordinator... And a, and a rookie quarterback, it's just not going to mix well. It, it's not going to go well. And I kind of feel bad for Dennis Allen because the Saints are probably going to be hang around 8-8 eight and eight, or what is it, 8-9 and nine now right. or 7-10. and 10. They're going to hang right around 500 probably for a couple seasons under Dennis Allen. But it, it, he's just not going to be able to get it done. It's going to be every defensive coordinator head coach in history. So, let's talk about the Texans, since Simeon made yeah, that Sorry about this. Noise. So, this is what Guess, I found out. Lovey Smith is back in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. After an yep. abysmal mediocrity slash horribleness after coaching the Bears, to leading the fighting Illini of Illinois to absolute anarchy and chaos in losing records, the Houston Texans, in their ever-intensive wisdom that I have to question now the owner and if he's purposely trying to tank his organization, let alone well, let alone his I team. Mean, I mean, it's desire to hire after last, Smith. After last week's news, yeah, after last week's news, it might be. But again, this is the Saints' problem. Texans don't have a quarterback because Deshaun Watson, A, doesn't want to be there. B, he might be going to jail. We're not quite sure yet. That So that has to get uh, situated out. So even if... So if even if they figure out Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson's not going to be there, which he probably won't be, they were going to have to draft a quarterback, and they have a defensive coordinator as a head coach. He didn't work out 
in Chicago, and I'm just going to fast forward to things I hate about sports. This is what I hate about the NFL, is when they just recycle coaches. They recycle coaches like no one's business, and they recycle defensive-minded coaches like no one's business. Right? Like, giving an offensive coordinator one too many shots... If that's one thing, because maybe they learned something from previous jobs. But giving a defensive-minded head coach a shot to take over a team that was abysmal offensively last year, that has no real star quarterback or star talent on the field, that, that the Texans are the new Jaguars, and the Jaguars are the new Browns. Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying? Like, there's oh, every five to ten years, there's a new organization that is just going to be absolute garbage for five to ten years, and that's the Houston Texans. And I kind of feel bad for Lovey Smith, but also why is Lovey Smith getting this job? I don't. This makes absolutely zero sense in my brain. It's not like this isn't an Adam Gase situation, which was, by the way, the last time that this happened, where, you know, Peyton Manning made him good. He's been back and forth. He showed something. He kind of showed something in Miami. This, and this isn't like soccer where it's like expectations of the team shifted so you you can go to a different expectation team and be successful there this just yeah. isn't a good hire if you could give an if you can if well, there if you could give whatever's after f i think it's g in the alphabet that's what this would be like honestly satan is laughing about how good this hire is because that's how, like, well, almost, it's I, I, almost evil. Like, that's how... No no, no offense against yeah. Lovey Smith. No offense against the, anybody playing for the Houston Texans. Full offense of the owner and the GM. This just isn't a good hire, and it won't be a good hire. If you're trying to instill discipline, no. Because it's not like Lovey Smith had any. I'm not saying he's not a disciplinarian. I'm not saying he's not a good culture builder. I'm just saying he didn't build, breed a culture of success in Chicago or in Illinois, in Champaign. So it just, it makes, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. The, this hire also, so the the players went to bat for him, and it kind of, as they went through interviews, apparently the, the players kept coming and being like, you need to check out Lovey Smith and give him a job. So so maybe that had something to do with it. But this also is leading me to believe that Eric Bieniemy turned down the Texans. Like, and or every other it better too. Be, it's not like they he had like, four other yes. there were four other openings. Yeah. No, no. I mean, did he turn down all four? Probably not. Probably they hired a lot of the teams hired him before his before he could really jump into the coaching carousel because they were in the AFC Championship game. But this leads me to believe that Eric Bieniemy is turning down some jobs and this Texans job rightly so. Like, I think Eric Bieniemy wants to get into a situation where the team has been 500 and the coach has just been there a yeah. little too long. Somewhere, and I'm not saying this is going to be happen, but somewhere like Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh has just always hung around that 500. Tomlin's been there well, for... they haven't been 500. They've been the, winning the AFC 50, North, right. and that's all they had to do in order. That was the expectation win the AFC North, and they've been able to do that for so long, but now you have Joe Burrow, now you have Lamar Jackson, no offense, you still have the Cleveland Browns, and all of a sudden, you tie to the Detroit Tigers, and job security's on the line because they're going to try Mason Rudolph for some reason. Right. 
Right, and and that's what I'm saying. So if the Pittsburgh, you know, if they wanted to go where, you know, let Tomlin mutually agree to part ways, bring in Bienemy, I think Bienemy's if he was smart, he would wait for one of those jobs where it's like you you get in with a squad that's just ready to go and needs a new culture, needs a new face, a new voice, and you just hit the ground running. I, I think that that would – I think Biennemi is waiting for maybe, one of those maybe, jobs. Maybe. I up. hope so. He seems to – Although the Vikings were Well, we'll job, get there. Jacksonville Jaguars cycle. forgot about this one. Very good hire for them. SB Nation is giving them a B plus. I give them an A for this hire. Go out and get uh, Doug Peterson um, from yeah. nowhere. He wasn't doing anything last season that I'm aware of. He might have had an analyst job somewhere. But, yep, correct. Um, nope. I think it's good because it's not like his time with the Eagles was cut short because he was a bad coach. It was really just mismanagement from, like, a higher end. He was. He's a good coach. Yeah, it was. It was Harry Roseman. More of a How- Harry Roseman decision kind of deal. Um, I think he brings stability into a locker room that probably needs stability, um, and I think that's why. I mean, the Jaguars were able to get the last game. They have the second. They have the second overall pick. Um, the first overall pick. No, they have the first in the draft this year. They have yeah good talent all around. Um, Doug Peterson's style of ball will fit well in with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a learning curve. It's really just he needs to get in there and establish uh, consistency. And I think he'll be be successful in Jacksonville. Again, this is one of those situations where it was mishandled by the Eagles, but his his recycling Doug Peterson is a good call. This isn't isn't a a failed, like, Kings... Cliff Kingsbury. This isn't like one of those situations where if Kings, Kings, Cliff Kingsbury fails, it's because he wasn't able to evolve. It, it's one of those situations where Doug Peterson probably is a good coach. Uh, no, I, I 100% agree. This is great news for Trevor Lawrence. He's a very quarterback-friendly coach. Um, Doug Peterson's problem in Philly was the roster. That roster, especially at wide receiver, was absolute garbage. And then it was injuries as well. So, um, and and both of those things Doug Peterson had no control over. And the Eagles just kind of wanted to clean the slate and bring in new talent. And originally they thought that Carson Wentz was going to... What was going to say, and so they kind of, and Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson didn't get along, so uh, they got rid of Peterson, and then they kept Wentz, and then they traded Wentz, and so then Philly just wiped the slate clean and started over. <laughs> but no, I 100% agree. It wasn't, I don't believe Doug Peterson's a bad coach. I think that, uh, I think that he did the best that he was given with at the time, and now let's see what he can do with a baby roster is what I like to call it and a baby quarterback but Trevor Lawrence I mean listen people aren't gonna blame Trevor Lawrence if things start going bad in another two if things are still bad in two years people aren't gonna blame Trevor Lawrence 100%. people are gonna blame Doug Peterson because Trevor Lawrence has, a steep has drop the off. talent so but I don't think he oh, right, will yeah but then again um, right the yeah. Miami Dolphins <laughs> this is interesting so they pick up Mike McDaniel no relation to Mike to Josh McDaniels Mike McDaniels was the offense. Another young coach. Did I just see he was 34? Dude looks yeah, like he's I mean, 26. I, it, it, um, it's uh, also the Super Bowl matchup. The youngest oh, ever yep. coaches. 36 yep. and 38. 
And the fact McVeigh has his own tree at 36 years old is just absolutely it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> a white man! <laughs> a good one. So Mike McDaniels, uh, not a name that you necessarily know. Journeyman all over. Uh, Mike Shanahan tree. Uh, was the last was the offense coordinator with the Miami Dolphins has to step into a sticky situation. Um, another team. Yeah. Um, did did you, have you seen all the memes going dude, around the guy, about him? About how he looks like a Starbucks barista. About how he looks like he sells no, mids no, on I the haven't. side. The dude's funny. He got a personality. Um, the issue that I have for here is. He's coming into a weird situation. He is 34 years old. Yeah. He's coming into a clearly an owner who doesn't care. He has a quarterback who's a ginormous question mark. And yep. that's about it. Um, maybe some good size of the ball on both teams. He has a successful team, but it, he, two 500. So we'll see... What happens of it? Good, Good defense. defense. Miami has a solid defense. Li- Tua again. Again, you you said a giant question mark, but listen, Tua was very accurate last year. He grew as the year went on, but he has a solid number one wide receiver in Jalen. I don't Ball. have a like I, this I, roster is the not the question there. mark that I have with Tua Tungavailoa. He first of all, when he has protection, the guy has good vision. Okay, you can. Just YouTube, yep. um, YouTube Tua Tungavailoa or Tua with with pass blocking, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Drops a dime to I think Jalen Waddle. I'm not ish, I'm not worried about their outside. The issue that I have with him is his the injury that he had is more likely to get injured again with a hip injury. It's not an easy to bounce back from. Also. With an another coaching adjustment, is this a new QB coach? Is he going to have a new QB coach? Is he going to be able to continue growing as a quarterback? That's why I say it's a big question mark. It's kind of like how I feel with Carson Wentz right now, where he he's at he's at a decision point in his career where he might be able to grow, and it's just it's going to be however the dice gets rolled in this case that. We're going to see what happens. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I don't think he's declining. It's just at a point where he could go either way, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 100% agree. Um, and he's left-handed, and, and you might laugh at that, that he's left-handed. Everybody makes a problem historically, with that, yeah. But let, let, let's look at it. There aren't a lot of historically great left-handed quarterbacks in the league. You have Michael Vick. And Steve Young, and I'm sure I'm missing some, but that's about it. So that's the two most successful ones. I'm not saying I'm. Yeah, but uh, the two most successful are are those two, and those two happened about sure. 30 years apart. So let's let, let, let's take that with a grain of salt. But it's still a piece of salt that you need on your food to make that yeah. flavor go round. He throws a very accurate ball, but like you said, this. The Dolphins clearly wanted Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, clearly 
likes Tua and wants Tua. And Brian Flores clearly did not like Tua and did not want Tua, but Stephen Ross made him take it. And so Brian Flores mm-hmm. lost that battle and is now suing the Dolphins and, and some other teams and probably won't coach in the NFL for another couple years because of that. He'll, I'm sure, be some form of blackballed for for at least exposing Stephen Ross for trying to take Which is stupid. But, uh, Which is yeah, stupid. So Mike... If you, if, you, if you can take a Absolutely. Dolphins team that was lost and turn them into a 500 team, you're at, you may not be a good X's and O coach, but you're a good coach in general, and that's the type of. I mean, he turned them into better than a 500 team. I mean, they were right. ten no, and no, six last what, year. They were 500 this year. I'm just saying, he still had to. He, yeah, it true. wasn't yeah, like yeah, he cre- yeah. he was at the top of the hill. It's not like it's a it's a Doug Peterson situation. It, correct, C- correct. So, um, so yeah, Mike McDaniel. Young coach, but hey, that's what's that's yeah. the flavor of the month speaking, right now. All speak, the coaches speaking of, are very young. Um, the last position, where is it? Sorry, uh, the last two we talked about Dennis Allen. Um, yeah, I just realized I forgot about it. They have no salary cap in New Orleans, so it's not like they can even go yeah. buy stuff. This is clearly a the house is burning down. Let's try to save as much as we can. Situation. Drew Brees hung on. Yeah, two years too it, long. It, and burned, it kind the of burned the Saints. Um, yep. So and Brian Deboe, we talked about that last week. We'd both liked that higher. So I don't know. Yeah, the Saints. We'll see him again in ten years. So the the the, the Saints. I will give okay. a C. Coaching hires the Texans. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give an F. The Jags, I'm going to give an A, and Miami, I'm going to give yeah. a B uh, to, because I just I, I think I, it helps. I too agree well. with that. Um, the last one is another young guy. I didn't even know this name, Kevin yeah. O'Connor. This is unofficial because he's coaching in the Super Bowl. Offensive coordinator for Sean McVay again. The fact that Sean McVay that will make he will have the one, two, three, four, his fifth coach already in his coaching tree that he will have um, plus a GM Brad Holmes going to the Detroit Lions uh, Kevin O'Connor uh, came out of San Diego State drafted in 2008 by the Patriots and then hopped around the league for a little bit before becoming the quarterback coach in 2015 for the Cleveland Browns jumped around a little bit landed with the uh, Washington Redskins 2016 would be under 2017 would be under uh, Jay Gruden. It would be under Jay oh, Gruden. I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, was the Redskins, Redskins at that, at that point. point. Sorry, the Commanders. Uh, we covered that last week. Um, and has been with the Rams for two years. Uh, so, dude, again, 36. Another young coach, but this is the exact type of coach that you want. This is... This if they if they if this becomes official, this is the best hire, and this is exactly assuming he, it pays off for them, which is clearly this is the exact type of hire that the Minnesota Vikings needed. Yeah. Oh, and I also forgot. Sorry, because? Alvin Kamara most likely getting charged with the felony. Um. So that they're out. They're out. They're out <laughs> oh, of running yeah. back too. The oh, Saints are out. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 Go, yeah going, going back, back to, to the, the Saints. I, I forgot about. Oh. Also, how dumb are you if you're Alvin Kamara? So you beat up someone, and then 
a day later, go play on national television. Um, in okay, the Pro so Bowl. for those who don't know, Alvin Kamara beat up somebody outside of a bar. According to the video, it's it's not even like he was defending himself. Um, this is uh, Ray Rice, but less women involved. So basically, <laughs> it's it's extremely stupid. This is the best running back in the NFL besides Derrick Henry. The number two yeah. slash number one in the N- in the NFL, probably the best running back per you know power rankings or whatever you want to call him. The dude literally just trashed one his of career. the best. Yep. Because if he gets stuck with a felony, which probably won't, because because he has money yeah. and he can pay for lawyers. But yep. Mm-hmm. If he was a regular dude, this is a felony assault charge, and. The dude probably wrecked his career because, guys, you have to remember, Ray Rice was great, thrown out of the league, didn't do well when he came back. So, if Alvin Kamara can come back, I guess good for him, but, bro, come on. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, but again, if you look at the Saints, is it worth it? I mean, the Saints will just ruin his well, career. He's ruining in, in his career. Anyway, because I. I, I I understand. Listen, that, if I'm the Saints, I'm trading. This, <laughs> Go get Tua or somebody. Like it, it, no one, no one, no well, one's going to no, touch I'm at, him. Not right now. If he's able to come back. Also, how old is he? He's got to be <sighs> almost thirty. He's a great receiving and running back. So it, the Saints, assuming he's he plays 26. again, are just going to yeah. give him the ball a bunch. He's he's twenty. Twenty six. Oh, he's not even that. Yeah, yeah. he trashed his career. Yeah, he, he's done. D-O-N-E, done for Alvin Kamara, unless if he gets this knocked down to a misdemeanor. Which? Um, but the Vikings uh, hiring... Um, Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. This is great because he was a quarterback, Kevin. which is what I feel like the Vikings need. Sorry, getting back. Vikings have all the pieces in play. They're set for two years. The issue has been Mike Zimmer. Everybody saw that because they had the pieces in play. And been bad game, bad well, game Mike management, Zimmer. and they have a solid, at least a steady quarterback in Kirk Cousins. They have great, they yeah. they have a great backfield. I'm forgetting the guy's name now, and it's bugging me. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin, and Cook. when he's healthy, when he's healthy, they have Justin Jefferson on the outside with uh, Adam Thielen, and overall, they're they're kind of set with where they want to be. Now, with most likely Green Bay being done, um, like what do you? The, I, it's an A, if not an A plus, in my opinion. I oh. on paper. So, so, so. I don't because it came from. It's coming from McVeigh. And currently, every coach that has come from McVeigh at least has done yeah. fairly well. So, based on that, I will give it a okay. B alone. But here's the thing. First of all, Zimmer was a defensive coordinator as a head coach. Shocker that yeah. that, that, that didn't work out. If only someone on listen, a podcast... If they would listen to us, they'd make motto money. Was, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. But... The Viking, the Vikings' problem isn't offense. The Vikings' problem is defense. So he better hire a good defensive coordinator. And then the Vikings also, they just never match. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you I know, know what exactly I'm saying? what you're like, saying. Like, like it's just like 
they they look like gangbusters one week, and then the next week they're like, but you have. What? Like, Kirk Cousins will throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. And then the next week, turn around, throw for 160 yards and three interceptions. But you look like, at an offense. You look at a Rams team and what he was able to do from a play-calling play perspective. It's, I mean, he has play No, he doesn't. Frick, I forgot. Sean, Sean McVay calls the plays. Well, no, but, he, but, but you can learn yeah. how to call but plays you, you know, under the play caller. And, and you are right. This roster sets up the, very yeah. similar so it, to it, what it, Los Angeles I'm not, has. I'm not hurt by it, assuming he can figure out a rhythm for the offense. And I'm right about the defense. But, you know, the fact that they have their offensive set, their offense set, the GM can go and draft some guys and acquire some guys in the offseason that can fill the spots that they need. Um, you know, we don't know. I don't I, know who's going to get cut. Who's, who's going to cut what? Yeah. And who's going to, you know, fill the positions. If they have calf space, I think it's a good move. But I I think you made the best point where the Packers mm-hmm. no longer. We don't have to worry about the Bears the either. So Rogers, that leaves. The, the, yeah. bear, the Bears are trash, right? Because they're higher. We gave. Last week, I forget who the Bears uh, are, but I think McKitchen? we gave an F to that. Hold on. Let me scroll up, too. No, it was some defensive coordinator. Oh, no, it was the Colts' oh, defensive I'm, coordinator. I was thinking of the hack L- Matt Eber- L- LBS. Everfluss. Yeah, whatever. That we that we gave an F to because yeah. he's a defensive coordinator. And the Lions, I mean, they'll be better than winning right. one game or two games, however many it was this year. Forgot that was They're the not going to be great. And, like, like, right, exactly. So... It so, might be I mean, a win by default just, sort of situation, it, it, but maybe that's exactly it might be a what win they by mean. default. You are correct. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, maybe that is exactly what they mean. So I will give it just based on roster and fit with the roster and where he's coming from. Okay. I will give it a that's B plus until and that, but with the expectation that it might turn into an A. I think that's money, a good. Money, I think that's a good money, call. Money. Um. <clears throat> Running into a little bit more quarter, uh, quarterback coaching news. Uh, we just want to touch on this because, you know, not everybody's Michigan's fan, but we're still going to touch on this. Uh, Josh Gaddis, the Art Broyles award-winning offensive coordinator in the 2021 college football season, has taken a job at Miami. Part of, um, I just forgot their new head coach's name, Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Smoking hot, apparently, coaching staff. Assembly, he he oh, just grabbed Appalachian State offensive quarter ma- coordinator to be there his quarterbacks coach down there. Uh, yeah, so it, it's ridiculous. He he is an A plus recruiter. Dabo Sweeney and that whole yep. ACC better watch out because Mario Cristobal is just all the kids are staying in Miami. Guaranteed. Oh, hundred percent. No one's coming out of no kid that wants that has an offer from Miami is coming out of Miami. Uh, I wouldn't want to. I have a successful Forget coach who's who's good. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at to see if he did anything, what else he's done. He grabbed the defensive backs coach for Georgia, too. So, anyway, props to Mario Cristobal. Um, Josh Gaddis said that he would, did not feel, I think, affection, affirmation is the word that he used. Appreciation. Appreciated. I just want to feel appreciated. Um and that was one of the reasons he was leaving. Probably mixed that with Jim Harbaugh flirting back with the NFL. It doesn't look good. Um, Harbaugh immediately turned around. This is after their defensive coordinator of one year went back 
to the NFL. To the, yeah, uh, to the Harbaugh NFL. quickly after yep. accepting had to turn around. He acquired uh, the old Ravens defensive backs coach from 2020, so he went back to the Ravens to get his coach. He, the D.C. He was at, at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. He DC, grabbed him, yeah. um, Jesse Minter, Jesse and then Minter. he elevated or escalated, depending on which brother you are, um, <laughs> his quarterback coach, um, who J.J. McCarthy has, quote, has been quoted saying as an absolute genius. Um, a guy who punted, by the way. This is a punter. Um, oh, Matt, Matt Weiss. Weiss. Weiss, Weiss and I, yeah, uh, Weiss. his offensive line coach. Know. Thank you, Morone. Um, they'll serve as co offensive coordinators um, for that. Um, we, they also had some other movements with uh, Ron Bellamy Bel- Bel- moving Bellamy. from safeties to receivers again. And. Um, Tight ends coach Grant Newsom, which apparently was an old was an old Michigan player. He's now tight ends coach. Yeah, he he was a highly touted recruit that just had mm-hmm. injury after injury and so, never unfortunately was able to play a snap. So I, it's bully for Miami. If you're a Miami cons- fan, great freaking yeah. job for well, for, for preseason. Because, you're getting a, you're you're pitching a shutout in yeah, preseason yeah. ball. Yeah, put something yeah. on the field and we'll be even more impressed. So, Win the ACC, so but Gattis what do you is, to say about Michigan is my question. So so Gaddis was going to leave at the end of the 2022 season. Right. Whichever, whichever job came Whether he left open. Michigan now or not. Right, exactly. He was, if Tony Elliott didn't take yep. the Virginia job, Josh Gaddis was going to take the Virginia job. So he would have been gone at the end of the right. season anyway. So one of two things happened. And I'll tell you which one I think it is. He either says he didn't feel appreciated at Michigan because he wanted the head coaching gig and was mad that they didn't give it to him when Harbaugh was flirting with the NFL, right? Or he was lined up to be the next head coach of Michigan because Michigan thought Harbaugh was leaving, as did Harbaugh. Harbaugh thought when he went to the second interview with Minnesota, he was mm. accepting the job with with the Vikings, which would that would have been an yeah. A hire for me as well because that just plays right into Harbaugh, what the Vikings want to do. And then when Harbaugh came back, Gaddis said, okay, that's fine, but you need to pay me more money. I'm the Art Bryles Award winner. You paid... McDonald, the one-year defensive coordinator with no experience, more money than me, and you paid Don Brown, so the two previous defensive coordinators, more money than me, and you were going to pay this new defensive coordinator more money than me. And I'm sure Michigan said no, because apparently this also happened under Brady Hoke. I was. I think we read the same article. With, <laughs> Yeah, with with with, with uh, the OC, uh, I forget his name. I hated him though. He wasn't very good with that one. They didn't want to shell out a bunch of money, so he said, "Well, fine. Cristobal is going to pay me more. I'm Bolton, mm. Bolton for Miami." Michigan has to pay yeah. top assistant money. Yeah. You have to if you want to compete with Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State consistently. One year does not make you better than Ohio State, and. Clemson and Oklahoma and you know, all the teams that are normally in the playoff, you have to play pay top assistant money. So get that figured out because you can't just assume 
that Harbaugh is going to make slam dunk yeah, hires this is, every This brings time. up a very interesting problem that Alabama has dealt with since 2008, and that is when you're successful, everybody wants your coaches, especially offense and defense coordinators, yeah. for some odd reason. And when you are successful for a decade, they're going to go after your B-level coaches. See Brian Flores going from special teams straight to straight to head coach from New England. So this is new territory for Michigan, for, for the record. You're 100% right about them having to pay more money. Um, they, they're going to need to. I think the, the interesting thing is, now Harborough says he's not going to move. Give it another year, then I'll believe it. If he sticks with Michigan and is able to be successful again, then I'll believe it. The The issue that they're going to run into is when you're successful, if Harbaugh is going to stay there till he retires, you're going to have to elevate. You're already paying him a ton. You're paying Jawan Howard a ton. So now all of a sudden, you're going to have to start paying your assistant coaches a ton, and you're going to have to if you want to still be the a, a top-tier top five football program because they're going to be ones and duns. And these guys who are ones and duns, these Bill O'Briens who were failures, but they can come in and they can win you a national championship or get you to the playoffs. They're not going to settle for 500 grand. They're really not. If you sure, if you want to get a bunch of development people, if you want to figure out how to do that bully to you, but guys, we know your endowment's big enough. You, We know you sell out the stadium every year. We know you can pay for it. And I think that's the issue. This isn't UTSA. This is Michigan, and they're not acting like it because they haven't been here in since the 80s. Yeah. Well, and and, and I, I'm hoping they'll figure it out. Um, I Listen, I like Matt why listen the fact that jj mccarthy who also says he's a michigan he, he's not transferring no matter if he wins loses the job this fall or not that says he's an absolute genius as you said and the fact they kept sharon moore like sharon moore it, people underestimate yeah josh Gaddis called the plays but sharon moore was the co-offensive coordinator now they're just adding play calling duties to him so the running game right. isn't gonna change much the look of the offense isn't going to change much. My biggest question mark with this is Harbaugh keep, keeps dipping into that family bag. And one of these times it's going to bite him in the butt. And I don't know if this defensive coordinator is it. Listen, I, I don't know anything about him except for the fact he was a Vandy's defensive coordinator. And Vanderbilt sucks. Now, granted, Vanderbilt's players suck. And they have to play Alabama. The and, SEC. Yeah. And George and and they have to play SEC, so I get that. So was it a lack of players or was it his scheme? We're gonna find out. But listen, his offensive coordinator came from his his offensive one of his offensive coordinators came from his brothers. His defensive coordinator came from his brothers. His tight his running back coach is his nephew, the son Wait, of his no, brother. Running back coach. He's got a couple. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, tight. I believe. Not tight ends. I don't know what they did with oh, Jay Harbaugh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wherever Jay. Wherever, wherever they did with Jay Harbaugh is his nephew. They got some other fan, some other people from the Ravens on the staff. So, I mean, this is basically just a coaching. He's the He went to the safeties. And S, S, oh, safety. special teams and safeties coach. And, and, and special team. And special teams were, he was special teams last year yeah. as well. So, he did well. So, like, like Jay knows his stuff. But I, I just feel like if you're Harbaugh, you gotta try to at least 
and he has a little bit with certain things, branch out a little more is than this just his, your is brother. Is this their sister's I know kid? That yeah. Jay? It has it to be. It might be uh, Tom... It might be Tom... No. No, because he has the last name uh, Harbaugh. Yeah, but... I'm I think looking, it's I'm John's looking. son. He, he's the adopted son of University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, grandson of former player and coach Jack Harbaugh, nephew. Wait. He's Jim's adopted son? I thought nope, he was he's John's, John's son. Nephew. So his uncle. Oh. Oh. So he's literally yeah. Jim's son. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, still, that goes... So, but, I mean, the special teams, uh, they had so many black punts last year, and uh, this is, the This is one of those situations, were, if they uh, were Jake at Moody two was different... Like, so. if this is Oregon and Michigan, I would agree with you. The fact that this is... Um... It's NFL, NFL and college. And you college. get two different points of view and two different skills. The issue that I have is all of a sudden, one, two. One year, two years. They're going back and forth. And they're going back and forth. They're not going out. If you it, Between the Ravens and, and the... And Michigan, it's oh yeah, no, no. That that's what I was trying to say. I wasn't saying they need to well. stay no, put. That's what I was trying to right. say. Yeah, They're yeah, just yeah, going yeah. back and forth. They need, they need to stay put yeah. or go do something else. Like I'm fine with people with them trading. It works because it gives you this familiar aspect. And John and Jim are always on each other's sidelines. Which, by the way, very impressive that they're able to have that sort of. Th if we were coaches, opposite coaches, it'd be hard for me not to come onto your sideline and coach. Like it would be hard to be like, yeah, guys, let's go. Right. You got yeah, yeah. this. A. Why? B. Like, it, it would be hard for me not to do that. So, kudos to them. But this is just one of those situations where I, I think I disagree with you. I think it's okay. But as long as, as long as it doesn't become nepotism. I see what you're saying. Like, as long as it doesn't, you're saying, okay, never mind. I agree with you. <laughs> the issue that they're going to have, and that's what you're right, is the one that doesn't work. Well, he gets he gets a check mark for right. me, but then he comes over and his mindset is totally different for Michigan or for the Ravens or vice versa, and it bites them in the butt. And and how and if it doesn't work, will Harbaugh rec uh, Jim that is right. recognize that quickly? Because when it's family, you're going to stick with them a little longer. And he stuck way too long with he stuck about two seasons too long with Don Brown. And so if this defensive coordinator is the same, it's like. Uh, how long are you gonna? How many years too long are you gonna stick with this with Minter if he doesn't work out? Listen, I, I'm hoping that he works out, and it's kind of like they're all still young coaches, which is really what helped Michigan last year. So I like that, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I'm just trying to figure out from from Jay Hart, uh, for Jay Harbaugh. Sorry. Have you seen? Uh, oh, anything yeah, no, I could care less. Of, I couldn't care less about the Olympics this year. Thank okay. you for right. transitioning for me. Um, yeah, you're, no, you're like I, the Olympics do not interest me anymore. I don't know why. Okay. Sure. I can't tell you. Summer or winter? Sure. No, no, I, I feel that. I don't know. I, I, and I don't way. know if it's I'm, just I'm the, the, the China I was thing. A yeah, huge Olympics but I think, fan. I think that, like, as a globe, I feel like they kind of sputtered out. Just because <laughs> just because 
all of the cultural impact that the Olympics had in basically being one of the reasons, uh, being a large minority at least, of the reason that Greece went into debt uh, and defaulted a large minority, a large reason that Brazil's having problems to this day because they went into debt also hosting the World Cup. They, they, they go to these small countries and then they absolutely ruin them because of what, what they need to happen. And I think the world's kind of looking at them like saying, for what? Like, what does this what does this get us? Yeah, it's great for these small countries, but like kind of for like America, it's like we've been there. But to be honest, I'm more interested in the World Cup next this year than I am in, well, is it next year? I don't remember. Than I am in anything else. No, it is this year. It's the, it's in the winter because yeah, they're playing in Qatar. Yeah, because Qatar gets yeah, so I forgot about incredibly that. hot. So, yeah. I'm more interested in that than I am for the Olympics, and I'm interested in both women's and men's. I feel like it has a bigger, it has a bigger reasoning and a bigger draw than it does for than the Olympics does. I, it has a bigger I, cultural impact. I, I, I just like, I, I'm interested in some events. I, I like sure. the downhill skiing, like. Like on, they they had a speedometer hanging up, and and these guys were hitting like ninety miles an hour. Some of them were hitting ninety miles an hour yeah. going down this hill, and around these flags. And I'm just like, I would start freaking out at like right. ten miles an hour. The fact that they're hitting ninety is just ridiculous. Uh, so I do like the aspect. I do think the Olympics should have one average <laughs> yeah. person of skill compete just for reference because I don't think people understand how how much talent it takes. Like, like some of the stuff, like ice skating. Yeah, obviously you can watch ice skating and be like, uh, yeah, I couldn't do that even if I trained the rest of my life. But... Like, for things like skiing or snowboarding right. or, like, the half pipe, I think a lot of people are sitting on the couch with their potato chips, much like me. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And my favorite are, like, when a figure skater does, like, some axle jump or something and the and the commentators go, ooh, and you'll have to take that point off for that Someone one. tell I'm me like, why. Dude, like, dude, like yeah. nailed it. And you're, like... You're t- anyway, no. So I, I really haven't seen the coolest thing I see is was downhill men's downhill skiing, and they hit ninety miles an hour, and I'm like, I they're think, going faster I think than also, I go on Yeah, the I think also a reason that I have an issue is that it's in China, and the delay. Like it's not like ex- like we know we know that it I, happens I, I hate the delay before as well. it happens because that's how yeah. time works, and. <laughs> <laughs> That's how time zones work. They are thirteen. They are thirteen hours. Again, but I'm not that dumb. Pretty dumb. They are thirteen. They are thirteen hours ahead, and so does make it hard when you can't. Like what's in Rio or Europe? It's like okay, it's eight hours. You know, that's that's the case. Where was the last? The last one was in. Um, I'm not even. I just forgot how to pronounce it. It was in South Korea, and Russia. Like I don't want to watch these things. Right when when it was in London. And or when it like you said when it wasn't real, real was one right. hour ahead of us or whatever. So everything right. you saw was live on television. Everything was live. Fun fact though about uh, China, you know they get less than three inches of snow a year. It gets cold, but they get less than three inches of snow a year. So all the snow you're seeing is man-made. 
Also, I thought that was interesting. Not so fun fact. Did you see the big air? The 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 big air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sitting down, right in front of a nuclear, air, and it's right by a nuclear power plant. Yes. <laughs> I'm like excellent. This is the issue with wonderful. giving China things, guys. <laughs> they don't care. Although, although they won't be, their economy won't be a hundred percent. But that's also an issue where it's like. China does like if you put if you park the Summer Olympics, which they're going to, in LA in twenty twenty eight, I think is when it is. Is it, is it really two years? Next Summer Olympics? Okay, I think I'll look it up. Um, but I think so. They have the infrastructure; everything's there that they need. The city can handle it. It's not going to wreck the economy. <laughs> um, like, uh, yeah, it's I in think Paris. it's twenty twenty eight. I thought that Paris was next, and it's either twenty twenty eight or twenty thirty two. That's in LA. Los yeah. Angeles, 2028. So, Good job. Way to be. It's not going to wreck these economies like it should, but you're going to start seeing places like Paris, places like London, places like L.A., probably not New York, just from a perspective they won't be able to fit everybody in there. Um, and can't Toronto... Really, these developed nations who can handle taking the the spend of capital in order to in order for what it would bring them, and you're going to see it shrink down to maybe like nine countries. And I'm not like I'm not joking. Well, and and why can't the Winter Olympics be held where in it snows and it's where, cold and where Olympics where, like Canada or Sweden right. or like you know why don't you look at who dominates yeah. all the winter and give it to them Olympic yeah. and gets all the medals yeah, yeah, yeah. and give I it think to we them can, I think we can house a couple thousand people in the middle of Montana for two weeks like I'm I think a little longer than two weeks. two weeks my guy oh, I know but I'm down. just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. in yeah, general yeah. all that good stuff yeah but yeah yeah that's when I'm like I'm a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think we should put it in the charter, and I think China can go screw itself. And but you also have to remember that the year 2012, when it was in nope, sorry, 2014, when it was in Vancouver, they had to bring in snow because it was hot. Vancouver had a hit a hot spell. Right, and it had a heat wave, and like I understand that, but again, it was yeah. in uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um. Makai, you already hit us on why why you hate sports for this week. We're going to wrap this up here. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't know why I hate sports this week, um, other than the fact that they've been really boring for me, and I need someone to do something, please, that, like, shakes it up. Like, Brian Flores, can you, like, call someone else racist again? Because that was really interesting, and I was hoping that was going to open up a whole situation with the NFL and things were going to change. But... We're apparently we're done with that. It was a week, and we moved on, and I think that's stupid. But that's beside the point. So I hate sports because they're boring right now. So uh, World Cup, do your thing. USA actually make it. They lost to El Salvador. Not El Salvador. They lost to Canada last week. They beat El Salvador. Good bully for them. So they're, they're, they're there. Um, and I can't bet right now, which is weird. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm going to make a soccer bet of some kind. Probably that involves Chelsea and Chelsea winning a game of some kind and see about some parlays and stuff. Um, so that's what I'm betting on this week. Micaiah, you said you had a sneaky little good tasting nugget 
for us for, that involves the yep. Super Bowl. I'm All gonna, right, you ready for this? All right. So it's the Los Angeles Rams, Rams to win. To win. It's uh, Rams, yep, this I is the it. Super Bowl parlay. Odell Beckham, good anytime call. touchdown scorer. He's waited. He's waited far That's too good, long for this opportunity, and good, John good McVay call. knows that. Van, there's always a player that you don't expect to have a big game, and I think that's Van Jefferson, wide receiver for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Listen, Cooper Cup's going to get a lot of attention. Beckham's going to get a lot of attention. Van Jefferson over 33 and a half receiving yards. Oh, oh, finally, interesting. Okay, I, yeah, that's a good. Okay, yeah, and finally T Higgins over 69 and a half. <laughs> Receiving yards as well. Oh, finally, let me log in. I, that. I, I think that I think that that's what pretty I tasty. Have. I have Jamar Chase anytime touchdown, Cooper Cup anytime touchdown, and Joe Mixon over sixty-three rushing yards, sixty-three and a half rushing yards. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to make a lot more money, I think picking Makaya's will get you somewhere. Uh, honestly, that Van Jefferson Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe flop one of those out for Cooper Cup anytime touchdown score. And, and I, well, actually, I'm most nervous about T. Higgins. I'm what feeling is T. pretty Higgins? good about Odell getting a T. Higgins over sixty. Yeah, no, I would. Uh, those are but, the problems with. But at the same time, Jamar Chase has just kind of been. If they if they double him, then they're going to throw it to T. Higgins a lot, and they're going to put him in the middle and throw him where he can get him. And so he could rack up yeah. yards quickly, but if they don't get Jamar Chase, that's when you run into issues. So it's interesting. And, and, and I could what's see the, what are the odds? Kind what's of on the odds doubled? on that one? The odds on that is plus ten fifty four. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. so you're basically you guys. Get, that's tasty. You bet ten bucks, you're that's, making a hundred. That's tasty. Yeah. Take, I, I yeah. take Makaya's. I think that's good, Makaya. Unless you have anything else. I that's not our correct sound bite for to say goodbye. I, wow. apo- I, and that was I apologize, very loud. ladies and gentlemen. That's been the fourth and one podcast for myself and my brother. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy Super Bowl. Be safe. Don't get too party hardy. Makaya, wash your hands. You filthy animal. Peace God out. bless you. Peace out.